Star Wars 7x7 episode 1475 today as we continue to wait for San Diego Comic-Con to happen and to cover news that may develop from it. I'm going back to a couple of topics that I had wanted to address during Anniversary Week and just didn't get to. Today, we're talking about the biology of the Force. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, I'm Taylor Gray from Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Razor. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So we're not getting the Clone Wars panel for another day or so and the Star Wars publishing panel for another two days or so at San Diego Comic-Con. So I thought I would go back to a couple of topics that I had wanted to cover during Anniversary Week and just didn't get the opportunity to do so. And one of them had to do with the biology of the Force. It was inspired by more from George Lucas about what his ideas were for the sequel trilogy and, you know, all that stuff really kind of gets blown out of proportion in a way. I mean, if you think about how different things were, say, for example, with The Empire Strikes Back and Lay Brackett's original script to what actually ended up on screen, you know, the whole movie development process is just absolutely nuts. I mean, Han was going to be going to his father for financial support. Luke's own father was going to be a force ghost and make him take the oath of the Jedi Order. Like, all that stuff was actually in the original draft for The Empire Strikes Back, and clearly that is not the draft that actually became the movie itself. So when you hear George Lucas talking about his ideas for the sequel trilogy, you kind of have to take them with a grain of salt. I mean, even the original Star Wars, you know, he had multiple versions of that in draft before it actually became a working script and there were changes made on the fly. And let's not forget, he changed it 20 years later for the special editions. So, you know... There's only so much faith you can put on what he actually said. But there was one thing that came out recently that I thought was really quite fascinating. And it, you know, it's something that I wanted to look at from another angle entirely. So in this big book called The Story of Science Fiction, where James Cameron is interviewing people and interviews George Lucas, there was a section in there about what George Lucas's idea was for the sequel trilogy. And this is the part that I want to share with you. Lucas says, everybody hated it in Phantom Menace when we started to talk about midi-chlorians. There's a whole aspect to that movie that is about symbiotic relationships. To make you look and see that we aren't the boss, that there's an ecosystem here. Then Cameron says, there's an ecosystem inside us called the microbiome that they're just learning about now. And Lucas says, the next three Star Wars films, we're going to get into a microbiotic world. But there's this world of creatures that operate differently than we do. I call them the Wills, and that's W-H-I-L-L-S, probably familiar. And the Wills are the ones who actually control the universe. They feed off the Force. And Lucas then later says, back in the day, I used to say, ultimately, what this means is we were just cars, vehicles for the wheels to travel around in. We're vessels for them. And the conduit is the midichlorians. The midichlorians are the ones that communicate with the wills. The wills, in a general sense, they are the force. And then to build on that, let's turn to none other than Qui-Gon Jinn for an explanation of midichlorians. Midichlorians are a microscopic life form that resides within all living cells. They live inside me. Inside your cells, yes. And we are symbionts with them. Symbionts? Life forms living together for mutual advantage. Without the midichlorians, life could not exist, and we would have no knowledge of the Force. 
They continually speak to us, telling us the will of the Force. When you learn to quiet your mind, you'll hear them speaking to you. I don't understand. The time and training, Annie, you will. You will. So the pretty clear parallel here is that midichlorians and mitochondria are supposed to be kind of a similar thing. So you could say that midichlorians are the mitochondria of the Star Wars universe. I mean, just because these folks are human in Star Wars doesn't necessarily mean that their whole biology is similar to ours. In fact, it takes place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So you can imagine if you really wanted to try and <laughs> draw a link between Star Wars and our current present universe that midichlorians eventually evolved into mitochondria, right? But be that as it may, if you're going to talk about the wills then in relation to the mitochondria, well, as James Cameron pointed out, there is a microbiome that we're only starting to discover and learn more about now, and that is the microbiome that lives inside our guts. Now, most of that microbiome lives in your intestines, and most of that microbiome, about two-thirds, give or take, is actually unique to each individual. So, is it possible, because I haven't heard Lucas draw this parallel himself, but it certainly seems to be a logical one, that the wills would be the force version of the gut microbiome. It seems like a pretty reasonably logical conclusion to go to that level. And so then you go next to the democratization of the usage of the force. The idea that it's not just one bloodline that can use the force in a demonstrable way. It's actually a whole bunch of different people and a whole bunch of different species that can do it. And we see that democratization of the usage of the force in the prequel trilogy with, you know, all the Jedi in the Jedi Order and the fact that they're always looking for children who are manifesting the force. And it's actually an idea explored in Star Wars Rebels as well, where the Empire is trying to locate force-sensitive children and gather them up for nefarious means. And the idea is essentially carrying forth in the sequel trilogy as well, because we're not focused on the Skywalker bloodline being the only bloodline where force powers are actually possible. In fact, Rey is not by all appearances a Skywalker of any kind. And the kid that we see at the end of The Last Jedi, I mean, <laughs> I'm willing to bet that that's not just another, you know, random Skywalker kid and just Luke was traveling around the galaxy sowing his wild oats or anything like that. I mean, that would just really be straining credulity. And ultimately, it would kind of violate the ideas of the prequel trilogy to begin with. So questions about how this would have affected the actual storytelling of the sequel trilogy aside... I'm really fascinated by this microbiome idea and, you know, about how anyone would actually look into it from a scientific perspective in Star Wars. Like, is there a Jedi scientist that would be trying to explore the microbiome in Star Wars? That that just seems really kind of fascinating to me, not from a movie perspective necessarily, but, you know, something to pursue in the books or something like that. I'd be very curious to see that. I'd love to know if you'd be curious to see something more in that regard, too. So drop me a comment wherever you're catching this episode of the podcast and let me know what you think. All right, I'm going to take a quick break and we'll do last Jedi trivia when I come back. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. No sponsor on this episode today, so I just have a favor to ask instead. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. 
Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do. So please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. So last time I asked you what it was Poe thought was wrong with BB-8 that caused him to sputter some unusual things about Finn, and that was that Poe thought BB-8 had fried a chip. Today's question for you, Finn has just one question for Poe Dameron. This is a softball one for you. What is that question? And that's going to do it for the show today. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you challenge a Jedi holding the high ground, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if the show's been worth your time, please support us at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a triple amputation, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it!